Welcome to Overboost 37. Overboost is a podcast interview series featuring discussions with speedrunners about their history in speedrunning and gaming and the runs they're passionate about. I am your host, PMC Trilogy, and with me today is Walsk. Uh, Walsk, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Now, am I am I saying that right? Is that Walsk? Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, a lot of people. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people who think it's like a like a V sound or like a like a like a a, a long O, like a Walsk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I, those are probably my my alternate guesses. But I was like, Walsk, you know, let's just stick to Walsk. That's probably probably yeah. where we're gonna go. Um, hey, you get it. So one thing I wanted to establish, kind of upfront as as context, uh, you know, recently you had an AGDQ run. You did I Want to Be the Fan Game at AGDQ mm-hmm. 2021. Um, and I wanted to first off, because I, I, I looked at, you know, I, I watched some VODs that you had sent me, uh, kind of looked at your spirit on a comp profile, you know, flipped through things, but I couldn't quite get a handle on, uh, is there like a proper term for I want to be fan games? Is there, yeah. is that it? Or is there... Well, so the I mean the original name was just I want to be the guy fan games because they're fan games of I want to be the guy, but it kind of just became its own thing to a point where now it's just referred to as fan games. Okay, like I mean there are other fan games in other communities, obviously, but it's just like for some reason this is this is the term they got is just fan games in general. No, I mean that makes sense. You know, I, I know. I know recently, uh, and maybe you can, can, can confirm or deny this at your at your own will, but I, I was watching some stream and there was somebody who mentioned that actually the uh, the folks who refer to their fan creations as ROM hacks were asked not to use that term during, I think it was GDQ runs, and to refer to them as fan games. Um, was this something that you had encountered or... Uh, I had I had heard before that like you can't mention their ROM hacks. I didn't remember the term that they're supposed to say. I think I think it was told later like the term they usually use is mods. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they just they don't want to say ROM hacks because yeah. they're not strictly legal. Um. So I couldn't think of the word at the time. So when I <laughs> when I shouted out the SM64 hack community, I like had to think of another word to replace it. And I was just like a uh, fan games. Yeah. No. No. I mean that's 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 about. I mean look the. The whole history of the way people treat the term hack is completely ridiculous anyway. You know, yeah. we get, that's its own discourse. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask with with AGDQ, now I'm pretty sure looking at GDQ VODs, uh, this was your, your first time running at GDQ, is that right? Yes. Was this your first time submitting or had you been trying to get in for a while? I've actually been submitting for like many years okay. just with the uh, expectation that I wouldn't ever get in. Um, as probably a lot of people who submit to GDQs do. And um, I don't know, it's just like after after a previous GDQ where things went poorly in another fan game run, people were kind of like thinking fan games had, had run their course at GDQs and they weren't coming back. So when I saw that one get accepted, not only was I like shocked, but just like a ton of people in the community were pretty shocked. Now, so. there's a lot of fan games. You know, certainly I learned this from looking at your speedrun profile and the variety of ones that you had pointed out to me, including some you know that weren't listed on your on your profile. Uh, I wanted to ask. I, I assume you submitted a, a bunch. 
is there a particular reason that you chose I want to be the fan game? I could guess, but like, what would be, what would be your pitch for that and why you chose that as a submission? So it's like the original, like the first, what people consider to be the first fan game. Like it's not actually the first fan game at this point, there's over 10,000 fan games. Um, so it was like one of the first, it was the first one that's like really good. And it, it, it kind of like set the bar for what a fan game would be in the future. Um, so I played it like back in 2009 when it was made and I was always a big fan of it and it has like a lot of importance within the community along with that and just the run itself. It's, it's like actually one of the most interesting fan game runs because it has like wrong warping and actual speed tech and it's not just don't die like a lot of them are. Mm -hmm, So. mm Yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna circle around back to that because I have like a really specific question. You, it's not often. You know, I, I do this every week where I, I watch a few vods and I, you know, I prepare for the interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a specific moment, and I want to be the fan game where I had to do the the step by step frame in YouTube trying to figure out what you were doing, and I could not <laughs> figure it out. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get that. But just while we're on the sort of uh, current events topic, I also wanted to ask then if you could get any fan game into gdq do you have like one that you're like this is really what i think y'all should take yeah so there's there's um have you heard of the gdq hotfix that's called like i think it's never before seen yeah 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 so i submitted um a fan game known as i want a micro medley (laughs) which is it's basically warrior wear plus fan games so it's it's a really cool game with pretty colors and good music and it's it's just cool to watch and it has some speed tech so that's one that I want to see get in at some point. Cool. No, that sounds that sounds good to me. I, I you know, being someone again to put a context into it, I asked that question at the front about you know how do you refer to the community because uh, generally you know I I'm complete outsider of this. The I think the only exposure I had was in like 2009 or 2008 when I want to be the guy. I think first got really popular. I had some friends who played it. You know, and that was mm-hmm. kind of that was kind of it as far as what I knew. And to go through, you know, again, all the videos and see kind of where things have gone has been really, really interesting. But now is the time where we need to go back to the beginning and figure out where does gaming start for you? Does it come from particular friends, family? What is that? Where does that pick up for you? So the the first time I got into games? Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. Uh, ski free on like Windows 95. <laughs> <laughs> So that was just like you had like a family computer that you're you're digging into. Yeah. So I I I didn't grow up with like playing any console games because uh, my parents were against console games because they didn't want me just sitting in front of a TV all day. Mm-hmm. Um. So the solution was sit in front of a computer all day. Um. So we had like just Windows ninety five with like the built in games. We had Windows ninety eight. Um. The the first game I remember like actually playing actively would be Sonic Three and Knuckles. Um, there might have been ones before that. Like I know Nightmare Net is one of my like really really old games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like Zoom Beanies. Wait, so, how Zoom did Beanies you end up playing Sonic actually. Three and Knuckles? If you were, was that like at a friend's house, or did your parents finally relent, or is that a, no, was that, that was on, it was on PC. Oh, that was on PC. I always I always forget Sega has a bunch of PC ports from that era. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I so should I, I should have known because I know that for virtual on, but I didn't I didn't actually get a console until like mm. around around when did the PS2 like start to phase out, do you know? 
Uh, I feel like late PS2 is kind of like PS2 sticks around for a while until like 2008. I would I would say like 2008 2010 are like the late years for PS2. Yeah. So basically, at like the very tail end of that was um, we we got a PS2 from GameStop because mm-hmm. uh, we finally like got our parents to cave. And the one thing that we were actually able to get because they still didn't want us like playing just games and sitting in front of it, we got uh, DDR Extreme, and that's it. <laughs> so we were like, my brother and I just had only DDR to play, and the main reason we only got that was because my mom thought that she could play it too. How did so that we go? That for a good bit. It was fun. Okay. I mean, I really liked that game, but like, well, did your did your mother play DDR though? Yeah, every okay. so often. Um, and then, like, I, I hadn't gotten any other games for the PS2 except for, like, I got Spyro 2, which is P- a PS1 game. And then, like, the other ones were just friends had PS2s. And they're like, oh, I don't need this game anymore. You can have it. Well, you know, sometimes that works. Too. I, that was my GameCube experience was, like, I was really mostly a PS2 kid. And then through, like, a horrible fluke, I, I, I won a GameCube. But I was like, there's no reason to buy games now. I can just borrow them from everyone who has them. That's cool. Uh, so, one thing I'd like to ask now, I am assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that most of these fan games that you've played are single player games. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, that's going to be the focus of what we're going to talk about uh, in the podcast. But I always do enjoy asking uh, Have you had big multiplayer gaming experiences? You know, on PC, of course, that could be anything. That could be a MOBA, a League of Legends, whatever. Like, have you been into any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually like pretty much equally into like multiplayer FPSs as I am fan games. So, um, what, actually, I forgot to mention one of the one of the first games that actually got me like super interested in games, not just like playing them, was mm-hmm. uh, the Orange Box, specifically Portal. Mm-hmm. Um, so my brother and I saw Portal and thought it was awesome. Ended up buying the orange box just for portal and because it had all these other games it was like may as well check them out so i tried out half-life 2 and i found it fun and then my brother decided to play half-life 2 and then he took over the computer because it was a family computer said he played it and i couldn't play it then he did like episode one and two and i was like well all that's left is tf2 um and i just checked it out and i didn't really enjoy it initially but uh (laughs) then i just decided to play it more and then played it more (laughs) And then, like thirty five hundred hours later. <laughs> All right, what are your what are your big TF two classes? Uh, soldier and demo because like I did a lot of TF two jumping, so mm. like I loved jumping in it. So because I got so used to those with doing jumping, because that's actually basically how I started out. It went into like actually playing the game normally because I just got comfortable with them. Now, do you still play? Do you still play uh, Team Fortress Two now, or no? I quit like four ish years ago. Mm-hmm. At this point, I just like stopped finding it as fun. But like, there's there's still some people in the TF Two community who like remember me or like know me because of how long ago I started. Because I was like one of the original players for jumping specifically. Interesting. Um, I, I have to. I have a, a local LAN party series that I, I go to that has a big TF2 presence at it. Um, so I, I almost have to wonder if they would know. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the GXL or RGB LAN before, but... No, I don't uh, think so. I, that's fair. I mean, it's again, you, I would probably have to know the name of the TF2 group, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for that for that to be relevant. 
Um, and then outside of that, for like multiplayer stuff, there's a yeah. GTFO, which is from the makers of Payday. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing that a ton recently. That's been like my recent obsession. And before that was Rocket League. So it's like those three multiplayer games have been like, like the entirety of my multiplaying history. I mean, those are those are good games to play. I play. I I, I definitely played both TF2 and Rocket League myself, so I can certainly, mm-hmm. uh, certainly relate to that. Um, here's a question that I like to when I trying to come up with general questions for people's gaming histories can often be difficult because you know it, it, it takes so many paths to get to end up where you are uh a question i throw out is you know we're we're, <laughs> we're all getting older all the time and at some mm-hmm. point gaming goes from being maybe something that was made available to us by uh our our friends or family you know as, as holiday gifts or something like that and become something that we take ownership of uh, and typically what i'm looking for is was there a particular point in time where you know using your your own money or other resources you know you bought your your own computer so you no longer had to fight with your brother for for control of half-life 2 or you know your own console do you have a, a turning point you would think of where you you did something like that turning point where i started to like really get into it and like cement myself as like i just someone who Maybe yeah, I mean, just sort of, just sort of made the decision to to keep with it on your on your own, right? That it wasn't just you know something you did because it was there. I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier, right? Consoles weren't available, so of course you played PC games. Um, but at some point, you know, you could have done other things. I don't know what other things you would do. Why 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 not play video games? But do you think there's a, a point in your mind like that? Where you're like, oh, you know, I went out and got my own computer, and now I don't have to share a computer with anybody else um so i I would say that the uh the the first time that i started like really get into game stuff in in that regard where it was like something that i was i was making something i wanted to do Mm -hmm. actively um like with i want to be the guy it released in 2007 i played it in 2008 because a lot of people on youtube were doing it um and like I got a laptop around that time just because it was like, I was like 12 or 13 or so. So it was like, it was like a time in my life when it's like, it makes sense to, to have some sort of laptop for like schoolwork or whatever. Um, and I just tried out streaming it in 2009 is when I ended up streaming. So like, like three days after I turned 13 and it was like allowed to do it on Justin TV I, I tried streaming I Want to Be the Guy and, like, other fan games. And, like, once I started streaming them and, like, got more into them and, and like, became part of the community and, like, enjoyed streaming actively, it just, like, it kept snowballing. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was, like, <laughs> just have to keep upgrading things, like, get, get new laptops, new keyboards, new equipment for a computer. That's interesting. So, you know, I, I guess I took a lot of words to, to ask that question, but I'm glad I did because, you know, it was able to segue straight into this discussion of streaming, especially in 2009, especially on Justin TV. Uh, I, I've been surprised by the number of guests that I've had who are actually OG Justin TV streamers. You, you're not the first one. I've had a, I've had a few on here already, or I'm always like, oh my God, you've been, you've been doing this, you know, on and off or to, you know, to some extent yeah, for that long. long. Time. Uh, what can you give me a so you already mentioned you had a laptop and of course it was a you know you were playing 
I want to be the guy. You're streaming that other fan games. Uh, what kind of software setup? Because at that point, I don't think we would have OBS in any form, right? No. Yeah. What was that like to, to stream then? Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> there was like there was there was no software back there that back then that was like actually good. So you just kind of had to like scour the internet to see like what softwares were available and it would like slowly progress and like maybe one was slightly better than the other, but you'd constantly have a watermark in the corner that you can't get rid of mm. or or like maybe it only worked for certain sites or something. So the one the one that I remember for sure was Webcam Max, which had like like a mascot of like a little green alien or something and every single street would just have like a Webcam Max like logo in the corner. <laughs> because like that was that was the best we had and even then it wasn't good and like i streamed in my in my kitchen i think so mm. like there was like the a window right behind me so like the lighting was terrible and i couldn't really do anything to adjust it god those were the days do you still have any of those streams are they still available anywhere or i think uh i have some really old streams but i don't think anything that goes back that far mm-hmm because you know it was before Twitch existed, so like the vods aren't really something that's saved because Justin TV probably everything's wiped. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so I have like some really old stuff from once it transitioned to Twitch, but I don't think I have any like old Justin TV stuff. So going from there, uh, I'm trying to figure out the the order of things. What is okay? Let's let's go with the the classic speedrun podcast question. How did you first learn about speedrunning? Mm. That's a really good question. <laughs> and not a question I necessarily know how to answer. Uh, well, may- okay, how about this one? Okay, maybe instead I should ask, how did you first learn about fan games? I mean, you mentioned already that you watched YouTube and saw I Want to Be the Guy. Do you maybe have an answer for how you got from there to playing fan games generally? Yeah, well, it was, it's like, it was a a very niche community. It is still a niche community, Mm -hmm. but, um, I want to be the guy had its own forum. So by, by going there, you met a lot of other people who would play. I want to be the guy. And that's where like the fan games came from is people would upload them. There's a specific fan game place. So you could like talk with other people and give feedback. And it was very direct. And it was always like really nice to be among a, a ton of people who just like, it's basically the indiest of indie games where you're talking directly to creators and uh like there's there's like no sort of quality control. <laughs> but it was uh, nevertheless like, a space where you where you were able to discover more of these things. Yes, yes. It was a great place to like meet other people and find more fan games. I mean I feel like I feel like the 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 first like actual speed run thing that I knew about is probably SM sixty four just because like SM sixty four was always a classic speed game mm-hmm. and it was like one of one of the very early games that I played not on my own console obviously but <laughs> at other people's houses so I probably like found that one one of the first ones would you would you have been among the the multitudes watching like the the summer of Siglemic in twenty twelve <laughs> was that did you did you partake in that no i don't even think i i well like i had known kind mm-hmm. of about the people around that time but i don't think i actually watched actively i just like kind of knew of its existence 
I know that like the first time I, I would say, I would say, what was that? So I sent you a video that was like the first fan game speed run I did. When is that from? I think that's the, that was like seven years ago, I think was the oldest VOD you sent me. Seven years ago. My yeah. God. Well, at least that's what it said on Twitch. I think it was the, oh, it was the yeah. I Wanna Wanna video, I think yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh no, maybe it's the Zeus one I'm thinking of. I think I think the Zeus one is the one you sent me because maybe it was like the first one that you, the first fan game you finished, maybe. Or no, that was that was a, right, a, but... just like a hard fan mm-hmm. game that I beat. That was like one that I uh, I liked going back to speedrun because I got better over time. Mm-hmm. So that one was just like one that I beat at the time. Uh, I wanna wanna would be like the first one that I speedrun. So like yeah, six or seven years ago. So that would be around 2013, 2014, which is also like that is around when um like sgdq 2014 was was like one of the biggest gdqs like one of the most well-known ones that was like when it started to really gain popularity and it was also in colorado Mm. so i was able to just like drive to it and i went with some friends and that was like i feel like 2013 maybe would be like when i actually found out about speedrunning more actively because like 2014 was when i was like i want to go because before that it had already been in colorado and i just didn't even know <laughs> so and i think that would have been that would have been a big time period too because I, I i spent some time looking through like when the different fan games were at at gdq and i and i have this perception that uh you know i want to be the bashi was something that really was popular mm-hmm. uh would you have because I, and I can see what you know. SGDQ 2014 would have been one of the times that Witwicks did. I want to be the Bashi. Were you were you yep. there for that? Were you present? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was actually. So you know how there's like the couch right behind the runner. Mm-hmm. So I, I was actually sitting just off camera, like one oh. seat off camera, <laughs> doing the Mario with the crowd. Cool. No, that's neat. It's neat to to, to see how you've been uh, in involved with things. All right. Uh, maybe this is the time to bring this up. We got to talk about cat bag. <laughs> sure. To provide context for for me as the interviewer, cat bag. I feel like was something I became aware of during this time period in the mid two thousand tens. I was watching lots of speedrun marathons, and I want to say maybe it was like the Hayai Kauai marathons or something. It was some group. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Hayai Kauai. Okay. That they were just going nuts with Catbag and, and probably yes. other marathons too. Uh, where where does Catbag? I don't know anything about it. I know it was popular, but I don't know anything about Catbag. Can you please walk me through Catbag? I'm trying to see if I can like find the date approximately, like when it was made, because like I have I have a folder t- full of Catbag stuff. Hiya Kauai. I can check the exact date when that was because I still have some of those saved. Um. Yeah, 2015 were you a part of that November. team or no okay no okay that's the funniest thing about it is like i had friends who were in Hayakawai, but like i didn't know anything about it and i had there were a lot of people who i didn't know at all mm-hmm. in there and some were just like obsessed with cat bag and it just like turned into a marathon where everyone was like like throughout the marathon they kept like making their own variants like based on the current run or based on something that was said so that was really funny um but i feel like i feel like originally catbag was uh do you know have you ever heard of panya no 
So there's a really old Korean MMO golf game. Um, and you, there's, there's caddies, you know, the things that hold your golf clubs. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it's a pun, but I can't actually tell. Like, maybe they're not even supposed to be, like, caddies because it's Korean. Who knows? Um, but uh, that was cat bag is like the things that would hold your golf clubs and just like be a mascot where like in that they're more like paper. Um, but I had a friend who was actually very actively into it. They were a big fan of that game. So I found it from them. And, uh, at some point in, in, in time, which again, I don't remember the exact time. I wish I could like find that more easily. Um, they kind of like disappeared and, uh, people were, were curious where they went and worried and uh, i at around that time also was drawing like really bad ms paint drawings of twitch emotes because it was funny so i had like like instead of bible thump there was like bible cry and it's just like a paint version and there's like instead of mv gave i had jay leno <laughs> they're like some really old stupid ones um and like when i when i was doing some of those i was like I thought about like the cat bag thing and I don't know if someone else told me to draw it or if I just decided to draw it as like a, like a in, 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 in memory, whatever. So I drew, I drew a bag, uh, that was supposed to be that. And the reason that the URL ended up in the bottom right corner is because the original picture had something written there. I had no idea what it was because the quality wasn't good enough. So I just put like a little scribble in the drawing so the original one is just a scribble like it's it, mm-hmm. there's nothing yeah but um later on i wanted to do like a more hd version so i like vector vectorified it um and when i was trying to think of something in the corner i was like i can't just keep it a scribble so i just like threw my url there um so yeah it's it's been like ever since then it like Originally, I put it on FFZ as an emote. This was like back when FFZ was like pretty much unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was such a thing known as Feature Friday. I don't know if you were around for that or. I anything. feel like that sounds vaguely familiar. I was very, very passive at that time. Like I was just the viewer of everything. I didn't really participate in communities too much. So it sounds sure. familiar. But if you want to explain again for anybody listening, yeah. So Dan Dan Salvato, uh, maker of FFZ. He came up with an idea that every single Friday he would feature one channel's FFZ emotes. So for me, all of them were like the terrible MS Paint drawings that I mentioned. And also there was Catbag there. And um, like there had been, I don't know if I was the, the second or third week, but there was definitely like one or two before me. And I messaged Dan was like, hey, what, what gets someone to be on, like what gets someone to be featured for Feature Friday? Um, and it was like, oh, actually, I like your emotes. I could just do it next week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? Yeah. And he was like, oh, just remove like this one. Cause I don't like it very much. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Um, but, uh, at that time it was like a ton of people on the site, like anyone who had FFZ now had access to those emotes and mm. people were big fans. Um, and, uh, there was also like a, a rooms feature on Twitch. Do you remember that at all? Yes, yeah, I do remember rooms. I 
I, it seemed like such a good idea and no one <laughs> used it. So what can you do? Yep. Yeah, I still think that would be cool to see it return at some point. I liked using it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but there was a special FFZ donor room. So for people who have donated to FFZ um, and they had custom emotes specifically for that room. Um, and at one point someone sent a message and said, I miss cat bag. And uh, Dan was like, I do too. So then he just added it to the donor lounge. <laughs> so then like people were using it there. <laughs> And then, and then just like, like one day, um, I was watching one of my friends stream and, uh, he like typed cat bag in chat because like he knew that it was like something I'd made and was just like writing it. And it appeared in the chat in just like another chat when like previously it was just in mine or in the donor lounge except on feature Friday. Mm, right. So it just appeared in his stream and I was like, wait, what is that? Why is that there? And I messaged dad and he was like, Oh yeah, I just made it global because I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then that around that time, like shortly after was when the Hayek Kauai marathon was. And that was like, like peak time when everyone was like using it and it was like the newest a uh, global emote originally it didn't even say so if you mouse over it it says made by walsk mm-hmm. originally it just said by like three question marks like it was like <laughs> some sort of secret one that it didn't even like say the name of it um but like he he later changed that so like i was unknown originally but like yeah no it's he eventually changed that so yeah there's uh as far as i know like pretty much the full story <laughs> And so I guess it's just sort of I because I feel like you know you said peak cat bag was that was that marathon and certainly since then you know it's remained a global FFZ emote. Is there any epilogue to the the cat bag story or is it, you're, is it just going to sort of I think live on as that moment in time as that global emote? It's still like like some people still love it. Like there's liquid Wi-Fi. Like the Kingdom Hearts community mm. was like a big fan of it, and there's like random speedrun communities around who like use it a ton. Um who I like interacted with. Um, and uh, like, it's still, it's still popular every so often. And still like when sometimes when, when people just like see me on stream or see like a cat bag, like people just start posting in a bunch. Like I have uh, when I oh. redecorated my background, there's like a little one back there. If you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I definitely can see it. Cool. Yeah. So I've got that behind me as like a permanent thing. Cause someone sent me that a long time ago interesting well that's certainly i'm i'm i didn't realize i wasn't sure i should say how central the the high kawaii marathon was to central maybe is the wrong word but like how relevant it was to the story because again that was just something i was watching as, as a twitch viewer and i i noticed how popular mm-hmm. it was but i didn't have an idea um all right so here's let's i want to ask a little bit more about your your streaming history you've been streaming a long time at what point did it really do you feel like there's a point when it, really picked up an audience i mean you have partner status now so maybe that's a question be like when did you get partner but if there's any other big points along the way feel free to talk about those too um well well partner i got like just over three years ago mm-hmm. at this point um it would have been january 3rd so it like just passed mm. um other milestones while streaming was there anything you feel like in particular that pushed you to that point to to having partner status? 
Yes. So actually, it does like relate to Catbag again. Oh, um, oh the Catbag story <laughs> continues. Yeah, I, I could keep it going. Why not? Um, so there was a there was a an an old like pretty popular uh, partnered streamer, Cherno TV. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like he got popular because he did variety speed runs, which were something that like no one did at the time. He was like basically the only one who did that. Um, and uh, he played fan games so like i don't remember exactly how he discovered them i think it was because he was friends with stonk who's another person in the community who plays fan games and was with them a long time um so cherno started playing fan games um and he would do like streams every so often a lot of people used his emote so i was like oh who is this and i checked out his stream became friends with him and then like eventually became a mod and then once catbag became popular people were like wait not only is that like the mod in Cherno stream that's like the cat bag guy and like Cherno would also like push it it would be like walsk's in the stream post cat bag um and uh side like slight 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 side tangential thing there's a person on twitch with the username cat bag who is completely unrelated to the emote <laughs> and they just like they had it before it was even popular and they like once came to my stream and were like i saw like a lot of people just using my name suddenly and I figured I'd like trace the source. <laughs> 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 um, but no, it's uh, because because I got known in Cherno's stream and he was like a popular a popular streamer. A lot of people decided to uh, check out my stream and like he would host or raid me so mm-hmm. every so often. So like a lot of a lot of my viewers came from his stream and like uh, still a lot of them are originally from his stream. Um, so he helped me a ton in that like growth and, uh, yeah, he eventually like, like, I can't say it's entirely like thanks to him that I like hit partner, but like, I definitely highly attribute his help to my stream success. Cause like streaming's, you know, hard. (laughs) Yeah. Growth is, is difficult and like. I don't know. It, it feels weird to talk about because you don't want to make it sound like your your genuine friendships or things you do just to like network and get mm-hmm. get metrics from other people. But it's true, right? Getting help from folks who, who have an audience is very valuable. You know, re- yeah. regardless of of how much you like try to to machine it, you know, intentionally. Um, but no, that's interesting. I I also feel like it's it's interesting too where like. It's, I almost feel like when I when I ask these, I often notice that you know sometimes people will get help from certain things, and I almost wonder if you could form like a tree, you know, like a sort of <laughs> like partner, like partner track tree. down, like yeah, yeah, who, just to who, see like who the original like person who was that like <laughs> like created the growth of everyone else. Yeah, and and of course too, I mean, you know, everyone who who goes strikes off from that does their own thing, you know, gets yeah. gets their own people as well. So I don't want to make it sound like. You know, anyone exists entirely in the shadow of, of someone else. Um, let's do some speedrunning takes. Let's. Um, so I think we already covered that your very, very first speedrun was I Wanna Wanna, right? Yes. Okay. To my of, knowledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of all the speedruns that you've done, uh, what is your favorite speedrun? My favorite speedrun um you can use whatever metric you want you don't you don't you know this isn't like some <laughs> criteria just the one that you li- like the most you know you think this was the worked out the best 
I really feel like I just have to give it to uh, I want to be the fan game. Um, but like the thing is, the original I want to be the guy was intended to be played on hard mode rather than on medium mode. Because like hard is like the default one that it sets mm-hmm. to mediums like to the left and the harder ones are to the right. Um, so I want to be the fan game did the same thing where it was intended for hard difficulty with medium being like the easier one. So that's kind of how I always played the game is like I knew hard was intended so like when I started doing speed runs rather than doing medium mode, like I would just keep playing it on hard mode and it had a hundred percent. So it had like more achievements and like secret bosses and secret areas. So what I ended up running and like really enjoying was a hundred percent on hard difficulty because like you get to see all of the game and I get to play it the way that it's intended. So I found it really fun to just like keep doing that and keep improving and because, you know, like I mentioned before, it's a, a game with a lot of history and it's like a pretty solid run that's just developed over time. It's it's definitely like the most fun and interesting one I've played. It was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I I, I normally if, normally if someone like gave me the opportunity to watch two different categories, I don't know if I would always do that. But, you know, <laughs> I did watch both the GDQ VOD as well as the the 100% hard one that you sent me. Uh, and they were full of, full of interesting little little things. Uh, what about the flip side? What is of all the all the speed runs that you've done? Uh, what is maybe your least favorite? The one you're like, you know, I tried this, it didn't work out. Hmm. Hmm. If you, I mean, if you take a moment, if you need to pull up, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> like nine times out of ten, when I ask this question, the guest pulls up their speedrun.com profile. <laughs> yeah, just open up my lap. Well, the thing is, like, I have, I have some some thoughts in my head right now but it's like which is the worst of the oh wait wait bashi bashi (laughs) (laughs) i was like i was like going between like a few different ones but i forgot i even tried running bashi which says a lot about that one um (laughs) yeah you the uh like the 12 hour challenge thing the Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. golden 12 hour challenge yeah yeah so at one point i was like i wonder if i can beat i want to be the bashi in this 12 hour challenge and then like use the knowledge of having beaten it once to like try to understand the run. So, um, as I was like going through, I was like trying to figure stuff out, like using videos, getting help from people who were speedrunners. And the problem with Bashi is, well, a, it's really janky. Mm-hmm. Like there's some, there's some bad and janky stuff in it. Um, I think the game is fun overall, but like, Oh my God. There's just some parts that are that just feel wrong. Uh, but also the speed run is just a mash fest. Like it's just you you do like not particularly hard platforming for the most part, reach a boss, and then it's just like mashing straight for like a minute. And then you just rinse and repeat. And um like there were two specific things. There was one boss, uh Krakow, it's actually a mini boss. Um that like the quick kill for it, I just couldn't do. You have to jump up really high and you need to do like a ton of damage to something that you can barely hit. And like, I just couldn't get the quick kill and it really frustrated me. And then later on, there's a skip known as the Gradius skip where you have to like shoot a save in the air and like, like basically like spawn, shoot to the left and then jump and then keep doing that repeatedly. And just the movement was so uncomfortable and if you mess it up, you soft lock the game and then you have to reset. And that's like halfway through the run. And it's like, I couldn't even get it with any sort of consistency. 
So like those two things combined, just like past that, I just like didn't learn the run. Like Gradius was basically where I stopped and I just never wanted to continue. So yeah, that's, that's probably the worst one I've tried running. That's very interesting. I, I, Again, I know lo- very little about how these games play, so to hear you differentiate between them, you know, what sound like solid reasons to me, uh, especially considering the legacy of fan games at, at GDQ is very interesting. How about a game that you would like to speedrun, uh, but you haven't gotten around to it either, you know, for time reasons or because it just doesn't fit in with what you're doing right now? I can't think of a specific game, but hold on, let me, let me... Let me quickly show something. Okay. Oh, wait, actually, is it... Where is it? It's, like, either in this folder, it's, like, on the floor next... Oh, oh, there it is, there it is. All right. This thing. Oh, no. What is <laughs> What is this? It's a controller. It's, it's it... a dance pad that's, like, for your hands. For your hands. So, at one point, I did a speed run on Peking Boo's channel of SM64. And uh, basically, to put it simply, I always wanted to try either playing or like running something else with that. I, ha- mm. I don't really know specifically what game else I would do, but I know that I want to try running things with that <laughs> because it's so stupid and it's like hard to resist. What what is what is that device? What is the or okay? So I mean, you said what the device is. What is the origin of the device? Like I understand what it is, but why does it exist? Okay, um, <laughs> so I knew about these things for like a long time. Like I don't remember where I saw it. Probably like a like a kid store, just like online. Mm-hmm. But it was it's just a dance pad for your hands. Like I said, DDR was like the first game that I had for PS. Well, the only game I had for PS2, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew about them because of that. Um, but like, I always kind of wanted one just to see what it was like. And there was this, uh, there was this time Peking Boo and I had a discussion. Uh, he was, he was like going for a vacation. Um, so he couldn't stream for like a week and, uh, we had joked about like I could stream on on his channel instead, um, but he plays games with a dance pad, mm-hmm. um, specifically SM64, which is why that was a thing. Um, the The original thing was like he did one on my channel, so I was going to do one on his channel too. Um, and uh, I I used that thing. He he like bought it for me, and I was like, all right, I'll just uh, I'll speed run game that you do like sm64 just like pretend like it's your stream as a joke and just like i did like a horrible ms paint drawing of his of his stream and just like set down the the controller on the desk and just like aimed the camera at that and like tried running it so the the whole history is like originally just sent it because it was like a stupid joke um and then i actually had to like mod it to make it work properly and then run sm64 on it with no knowledge of having like having any idea how to run SM64. So I had to like like refer to his uh his previous runs and like try to copy things. And the best part of the whole thing um is canonless. Uh the 
one that like there's a setup for mm. i didn't know like why the setup worked but i knew there was one <laughs> so i tried to copy it and i literally first tried canonless with that thing it must be easy then right <laughs> If, if you don't know yeah, like, what canonless refers to, just I, I'm assuming a lot of people watching this will be speedrun fans who'll be familiar with it. But it um, it does refer to a trick I think where you just sort of like uh, bump into a, like a, a wall that's like below a ledge in such a way that it grabs you the star that would be otherwise knocked. It would it would basically inside some debris that would be knocked loose by by a cannon where you'd be shot out of cannon. Of course, canonless skips the cannon, um, and it's kind of a classical <laughs> Super Mario 64 trick. Uh, but of course it's easy, you know, even with, uh, even with a hand dance pad. Yeah. First try every time. First try every I'm time. I'm one for one. So like it has to be. All right. So how about, how about a favorite, uh, a favorite speed run to watch that you don't run yourself? Mm. I mean, I feel like, I feel like just. Like two of the two of the big ones on SRC are like big for a reason. I'll say that. So SM sixty four and Celeste are like probably my two favorites to watch because they're just so fast and like the movement is so precise and specific. So I mean, like they both they're both good for like the same reasons but different reasons. No, that's that's extremely extremely fair. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note here. I usually don't refer to chat during the podcast, but uh, we, 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 Peking Boo has helpfully posted the link to the <laughs> clip. Uh, so if you're watching watching on YouTube, uh, my best advice for you is to copy that. And I'll try to include it in the description if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, watching on YouTube. Uh, but it but it's there. The link has appeared on the screen uh, just for anyone who wants to see the easy first try canonless. Um, all right, here's here's a little bit yeah yeah here's a little bit of a a, a subject change uh one thing that now to me a person who is not intimately familiar with 2d platforming it looks like sometimes uh these these speed runs can get stressful depending on how difficult the the fan game is of course um so do you do anything at this point uh in terms of health meaning like you know taking care of your wrist hands Anything about you know not sitting too long? Do you have any approaches to that, or you just kind of putting that off? So initially, when you said any approaches to health, I was my my immediate thought was sure not. But then when you mentioned like <laughs> stretching and stuff, I was like, oh wait, yeah, actually, um, yeah, no, I used to like the one one thing that was a big issue for me is is like keyboards are obviously like an important part of fan games. Like having a good keyboard is is really useful for me. Um, so like an old keyboard I had was a, a blue switch keyboard, which I don't know like how much you or people know about keyboards, but basically it's like one of the heavier, more clicky ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like really hurt my hands. Like that's what I, I used for a while and it felt really precise, but it just like, it was so hard on my hands because of how much you have to press it down. Um, and uh, like over time, it just started to like really, really wear on my hands to a point where like I had to find another keyboard that was lighter, one with red switches, which is lighter and less clicky. Um, and even that like was was pretty good. But like uh this current keyboard I have is basically that, but even lighter. So like over time I've gotten just lighter and lighter switches on my keyboard just to like make it so my hands can actually like handle them. 
um and like it doesn't hurt as much to press the the buttons um because like i was actually like really worried about carpal tunnel at some point because like repetitive stress injury rsi is definitely rampant and like a lot of people have gotten it um one of my friends cake sauce he like he he like kind of looked into it a ton because he was having the same issue and he was worried about his hands so he like looked up hand health um and there's some guy on youtube who like does hand exercise therapy stuff for gamers so he like tells you how to exercise mm-hmm. and like stretch certain parts of your like hand and arm and like things that you should do actively um and cake also found uh like a like a little like little kit on amazon that has like various like strength exercises for like your hand and wrist um and he also like just recommended a bunch of things so basically it's like this huge long list of things and videos um and as long as you actively like like stretch out your arms and your and your hands and your fingers and like use those tools every once in a while they're like quite cheap like just it's it's hard to understate how much exercising and like stretching really helps even for something like video games so like if i start to feel my arms and my hands tense up just like take a little bit to relax and you can like feel the stretch and just like immediately after it feels more comfortable so now i like no longer have huge issues with my hands or wrist no i mean that's 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 good to hear you know i I, it's it's so important to i usually summarize this segment by just saying like listen to your body and i i think very much what you were saying indicated that there are people in the fan game community who are experiencing rsi you know they found resources online do you know the name of the the channel off the top of your head i'm just as a recommendation to people or uh it's it's dr levi or something hold on i'll search like wrist exercises I know there's one I go up to that's like like one HP gaming or something. Nine minute wrist warrior routine, which actually I've been using a lot and is very helpful, but Yeah, Dr. Levi Harrison. Mm-hmm. He's got his own YouTube channel and and if you just search like wrist exercises for gamers, like he's got a bunch of videos that match that stuff. Um cool. so yeah. Also, now I always like to hear especially recommendations too. I mean, there's no one size fits all approach to this, but mm-hmm. you know, the the only way to to know is is to find out and to try uh you already kind of got to my my next thing i was going to ask about i figured keyboards were important uh in the world of fan games you already confirmed that for me um a thing i did want to ask about so uh this week uh, a few times i i would wake up for work and i discovered that i had the opportunity to lurk in your stream for a bit at the be- at the beginning of my day which i don't know where that is that is in your day no, but I don't the, know either. <laughs> the thing that that was interesting about it was most of that time uh, that I spent lurking, uh, you were really, I think, uh, putting time into what looked to me like uh, editing and making fan game stuff. And I was kind of curious, like from a streaming perspective, um, is is the making and editing sort of like as good for you as stream content as as running and like also like what's like the percentages like do you do you find like you have a preferred flow you're like oh i want to dedicate this much time to making stuff and this much time to to running or playing games 
Well, a, a funny thing about that is, uh, like, like you came and you saw that, mm-hmm. um, and and for you, it's like probably like since that's like the only thing you've really seen, it it would seem like it's like I've done a lot. Like I did it the past like four days. Yeah. Is that an aberration? Is it just like a fluke? <laughs> that's like the only four days I've done it. <laughs> so I yeah, no, I. I like I like never actually do game making stuff. Like there are some people who do fan game game dev stream stuff, mm-hmm. but the thing is, like I never really got into it. It it was this is literally like the first time I've done anything, and it's just editing someone else's game to just look nicer, basically. Um, so like in terms of viewership or like people hanging out, it's it's like basically the same for me because people yeah. just enjoy just sitting there and just watching and talking. No, it's, it seemed great. It I was just really, really interested. And of course, too, the the nature of, I mean, I realize you're saying that, you know, you only, you're only really doing it this past week, but yeah. because of how uh, accessible, because I was, I was like trying to figure out the tools you were using and I saw, I mean, I saw, I was at paint.net and then also GameMaker uh, was mm-hmm. the other thing. And I was like, oh, like this whole thing, you know, it, it, it engenders itself. It endears itself to that kind of, um, you know, process. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really neat. I, I don't know if you'll continue doing that. I don't, you know, but, uh, but it was, it was interesting to see that sort of, a uh, sort of flow to it because I think in speed running, you, you know, you'll see casual plays, you'll see speed runs. Sometimes you'll see routing practice streams. Um, and people have like opinions about like what part of those they want to stream and what parts of that process they don't want to stream. Um, so to have, you know, a game editing, game making, I thought was different. Uh, on that note, do you do you have any sort of uh, takes on that subject of like never stream a first run, or you know, do you have any approaches to to how you like to stream your speed runs? Um, no. <laughs> my my approach is just like if there's a game I want to play and I like playing it then I may add a timer and like, that's how you get into speed running. Like it's true. a lot of people are just like too afraid and are like, Oh man, what do I do? What's like the setup I need? And like, I need like all the things ready to go for a speed run. And it's like, no, you just start a timer, get through it and then see how it goes. So like my recommendation is just do it. If you have the desire to do it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly right. It's speed running at this point you know thanks to recording and timing and, and and the games themselves it's the sort of thing where you should just try it at its most basic level before i don't know worrying about anything that anything that's marketed especially to to streamers avoid any sure. of that just just yeah. just speed run yeah a lot of people have that same like thought with streaming is like if i want to start streaming i have to like have a, a great computer and i need to like have a, an established fan base and I need to like have a Twitter presence and like I need to have layouts and everything. And it's like, if you don't just like start streaming, you won't know if you actually like streaming or if you have the, the, the skills or desire to even do it. So like the easiest way to start doing something is to just start doing it as, as simple as it sounds. Now, one more sort of general question before we, we dive into some of the specific games. Uh, do you feel like you could articulate a point or appeal of speedrunning to you? Because obviously you're, you're into the fan games. Is there something that makes you go that next step and turn the timer on? Um, not really. Uh, I mean, some of them I just do like as a joke. 
just a game that I got through and was like, this would be kind of funny to just put a timer on because the game's stupid and like really short. Um, and other ones, it's just like, I really like the game and just, I want to put effort into like making it something I run actively. And that's when I like make proper splits and like, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any sort of real process to it because it's just kind of however I feel like. <laughs> No, that's fair. That's that's sometimes you just gotta gotta go into it and go go do it. All right. Well, in that case, let's start let's start talking about some of the games then, um, and let's kick off with I want to be the fan game because I know I mentioned earlier um, that I had a specific question about it. Um, but but first off, how did you come to play and and run this game? Um. Hmm. I mean, I, I played it because like it was back then, like one of the only fan games and it was mm. like the good one. It was like one of the first. So that's why I started playing it. The reason I started running it is really just like over the years, I just played it and then I played it again <laughs> and then I played it again. And like, I would just get faster each time. And like, I never really like, it was a long time before I felt like actually speed running it. It was just like, I liked the game. So I beat it a ton. Um, I can't say exactly when I started doing that at this point, probably like like the point when I would use a timer, probably like 2017, 2016 maybe. Um, but like once once I actually started that, I could track my progress a bit more rather than just playing it, <laughs> which like happened with the original I Want to Be the Guy too. Mm-hmm. Because like even though the game has many issues, it was just like I had played it so many times. It's like eventually I'm going to get faster at it. So... Eventually, you might as well track it. Yeah. So I got into fan game just because I liked playing fan game. <laughs> was was were like the were the trappings of speedrunning because you know there's this whole set with speedrun.com and live split and and all this stuff. I mean, was that something that you were concerned about? Because do do fan games usually have any sort of in game timer or? Because I, I feel like part of the challenge is being able to complete it, so you'd want to know your time. And so I'm curious, like how common it is to you know to take the time to you know to use an external timer or to put your times on something like speedrun.com. Uh, so there's like a funny sort of history in our community. Um, but but first off, there's like there is an in-game timer. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, it only counts time while you're alive so when you die it like it can like reset the timer and it resets like within the second and also like it won't track anything while you're sitting there dead so it's not something we really use for any sort of timing okay unless it's a game that has like an accurate in-game timer which like some of them do nowadays mm-hmm. um like for the most part you're just going to have to use live split because it's going to end up wildly different like by the end of the run it could be multiple minutes um but the the funny history in our community is like a, a lot of people run games and like get records and then just never highlight it mm. and never submit it and I, it really pisses off uh uh Nal who's like another one of the SRC mods for fan games um but like there's just so many games that like there could be a record that's completely different from what's written there and it's just like not tracked so like unfortunately that is 
the way that a lot of the games are is like some of the more popular ones will certainly have things highlighted, but like not all of them. Um, so like even I have done a ton of runs and haven't submitted a bunch of them just because like the way that I've always seen it and the reason that I don't really put too much effort into like fan game speed run like submissions and like claiming a record or anything mm-hmm. is because there are so many good players at any point in time I could play something and be like that's the record as it is tracked when in reality there could just be a player who on their first playthrough or like second playthrough just did it faster because they're just naturally a better player so like I never really um put any sort of emphasis on it unless it's a game like fan game that has a ton of strats and stuff that you have to learn that you can't just do from playing the game since it all has like the same engine and a lot of similarities a lot of it's just like memorize the traps or just be used to how things feel and you can you can beat it pretty quickly yeah i mean that follows it's especially with the the huge variety of fan games that does present an issue, I think, for kind of both reasons, which is a there's just so many of them, and b the you know you don't really know when when you like oh this was something like this was you know I happened to you know really really connect to this one and I just got through it quickly, um, you know, and I can certainly understand the aversion. I, I think a, a popular topic in speedrunning to sort of uh, to discourse about is this idea of uh, world record culture and, you know, people just sort of yeah. yelling out that they, they got record to try and garner some attention. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I know I, I like, I tend to run, run like weird, obscure PlayStation PC games and I'll oftentimes be the only person that, you know, bothered to put an external timer and record it. And I'll be like, yeah, that's my PB. Like, let's don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> uncontested. All right. Don't, don't worry yeah. about it. Um, so, you know, that, that makes, that makes sense. And of course, I, I know some of the things, you know, that you gave me, uh, were, were not on, <laughs> on your profile, maybe for good reason. One of them in particular, mm-hmm. uh, I yeah. did want to ask about the portal section of, I want to be the fan game. Um, sure. there, there's a part and you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to describe it for maybe pe- people who are listening. There's a part, you know, it, it's mimicking the game portal. So there's blue portals orange portals that are linked um and there's a part where uh you like jump up through a blue portal and then come out the side of an orange portal uh and it looks like you die you just turn into a blood spot um and then something happens that allows you to then jump up into the next screen mm-hmm. what is going on because i i, I even like <laughs> i watched through the gdq video and like i think in the gdq video it took you a few tries to get it yeah. And like maybe that interrupted the flow of the commentary for explaining what's going on. What is up with that trick? Yeah. So once you mentioned Portler, it was like, oh, I think I think I know which one. <laughs> um, that's actually like one of my favorite tricks in the run. Um, so basically, you go through that room, and the way that it's supposed to be is you dodge the blue portal. So you like jump around them, and you go up, and you like wait for a platform for a while, and then you go through, and there's like still blue portals coming around, and you have to get through all of them. Um, and the orange portal on the on the top right is supposed to be if you touch any of those, you fly out into the spike wall right. and die. Um, and once you're through that room, there's like another room above it that's like a short one. And when you come down, you're in the top right, and that's when you go through the blue portal, which lets you leave. So the blue portal is the ex or the uh, orange portal is the exit. I mean, mm-hmm. the one in the top right. Um, 
But the strat, the way that it works, is that one blue portal comes on the bottom, and you stand underneath it next to a save point. And when you shoot the save at the same time that you go through the portal, you'll come out of the top right, and while you're flying, you'll actually hit the save point in the bottom left and save in the air right before you hit the spike wall. And then when you reset, you're up in the top right, right. and you can just leave. Okay. So it skips like two screens and a ton of waiting. No, that makes sense. Because I, I think, you know, again, being someone who doesn't play, I didn't have the insight of the, how exactly the save mechanic could be abused. Yeah, um, save, save position. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really neat. Now, so at this point, you did uh, any percent medium was the run you did at AGDQ. I also mentioned that you had sent me the uh, the 100% hard VOD. Um, do you have future plans for this run? Are you going to be submitting 100% hard in the future? Oh, I've been submitting that like every time. I could, that's the one that I really want to get in mm-hmm. for fan game. Like That's why I was like shilling it so hard in my <laughs> fan game run. It's like, ah, oh, you could have seen this if it were 100%. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I really want to have that one in there because there's so much content that you just miss out on. And like I said, that's the one that I like. That's the one I'm the most used to running. It's mm-hmm. just because like it's the most fun to me and it's the most interesting. Mm-hmm. No, um, that's 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 good. That's good. Um, all right, let's maybe move on to another game then. Uh, you gave me a note in regards to I want to see the red, which says <laughs> I speed ran this specifically out of anger to prove a point, comma funny story. <laughs> lay it on me <laughs> yeah so so you mentioned before how there's a lot of fan games and it makes like the speedrun competition stuff kind of hard because like it's it's like where do you start um so src has or had i mean it still kind of does a lot of fan games that are just not good mm. and the reason is because there's this guy jumpy luff who is like the main uh, src mod for fan games um jumpy did a lot of stuff and he also speed ran a lot of fan games and at some point he had this like this weird desire for i don't know some sort of clout or something for having the most speed runs on the entire site so he would just like like add a bunch of games that like no one's heard of or like categories no one does just to like have a run and like have a large number and there were a ton of fan games that he just like probably played for like maybe an hour maybe an hour Mm -hmm. and just like submitted that time because he could just add the games himself and it was like really frustrated to see like a ton of really really terrible fan games up there with ones that are like actually interesting runs just like filling it up and then making it so like if people want to find the actually good runs they'll come across things like see the red which is not a good fan game um so basically what i did is i saw his time and was very frustrated with the fact that it looked like he basically did maybe a few tries at it and then like stopped and then just put it up there so he could have a record. So what I did <laughs> very, I was going to say passive aggressively, but it was, it was probably pretty aggressive. Um, I decided to speed run the game and just like essentially hate my life doing it just mm-hmm. because the game is not fun and it's like not well made. And it's like just got some really annoying parts to it. And I just got the record in like, I don't know, probably less than an hour, the quote unquote record and just like put the description like jumpy, stop doing this shit with like (laughs) terrible games, just like quit it. And then uh, it seems like it, 
it rang through to him because he like removed the game from SRC without saying anything else at some point. <laughs> wow. I was I was gonna say that I mean sometimes you know, I don't know. I mean you said it's not a good fan game, so I I feel like oftentimes, you know, kind of semi-aggressive rivalries can be some of the best in terms of bringing out competitive <laughs> stuff, but it sounds like maybe uh you proved your point. Yeah. No, I mean if the game was good, then I would be fine with it, but like man, it's just not there are a lot of bad fan games out there. When there's 10,000 fan games, there's going to be a lot of bad ones out there. Well, let's talk about masterpieces because for some reason I didn't obviously I did not watch it in its entirety. But you did link to me uh, your your VOD of running with the timer. Uh, I want to try the 114,514 needles, mm-hmm. um, which something that that took uh, I guess to to explain. Uh, are the spikes referred to as needles in fan games? Is that yes? Okay, yeah. So again, what this refers to for you know if you're listening and you've seen i want to be the guy or, or i want to be Bosch or whatever and you you've seen the, the I, I mean i always think of spikes needles uh it involves jumping between uh you know a, a stalactite and a stalagmite x number of times and the game counts um and you timed it and it took you i think like 27 some hours right 27 hours 20 minutes okay why why did you do this <laughs> Well, first off, I just want to like like specify say so so they're called spikes, but like if a game just only has spikes, it's called a needle game. And the reason for that is because like there's a large uh, Japanese and like Eastern presence in the community, um, mm. and the like direct translation of spike is needle. Oh, that's cool. That's dope. All right, thank you for explaining. Yeah. That. So it kind of like just became a thing to call them needle games. Um. So yeah, uh, I had a lapse of judgment um (laughs) to put it simply i just for some reason there's this like that game is like pretty well known as as just something that like if you're if you're feeling bored you'll just like i don't know do like a thousand of that jump just back and forth and like close it and then maybe come back sometime later doing it 114,000 times is usually not something that you would want to do in one go gets physically painful uh mentally exhausting not fun for the entire time um and uh, i just like had the thought of like i wonder if you could do this in one sitting i like tried to calculate how long i thought it would take and it was like i think i think what i figured out was it would be able to take around like 23 hours 50 minutes based on like the pace for like getting through ten thousand at a time or something Mm -hmm. so i was like going with that um didn't happen in that amount of time because like i said it was getting like physically exhausting and it was like i was getting distracted because if i was going to do a stream that long i was going to at least make it fun like a 30 hour stream i'm not just going to sit there and do that the whole time so i let people like add images to the screen and like mess with how the stream looked so that was the main thing is i just thought it would be funny and like somewhat enjoyable to watch and i could maybe do it and also just see if i'm able to do it or if i'd like collapse by the end so i was like like it was it was incredible what i what i beat it it was like i had like over 200 people watching just because they wanted to see how that ended because like who else was going to do that at any point in time and the answer unfortunately is someone else did oh no (laughs) did they beat your time they did like 
the funny thing is, is like I wanted to just like put world record in the title or something <laughs> because like no one would ever care. And the fact that I had to go back and remove world record is is like, why did you why did someone else do this? I was specifically saying don't do this as I was playing it because it's a terrible idea. Um, but yeah, the other guy did it in about like 24 hours, like just under 24. So, I mean, your estimate he, was right. Yeah. He <laughs> smashed my time. <laughs> wow. That's well, <laughs> how long did it take for someone else to do it? Do you recall? Uh, I mean, people sprawl it out over many, many days, mm. weeks, months, years. So, <laughs> mm. All right. And well, the best that's... part is once you beat that, mm. you unlock uh, the extra difficulty, which is uh, 1.92 million gates. So uh, someone actually did do that. Oh. <laughs> not in one sitting. Okay, I was like, please tell me not in one sitting. Oh my God. It was like 400 hours. Yeah, that would be a, that would be <laughs> a little bit. God, what, a, what an experience. Would you ever do something like that again? No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Certainly not on that caliber. The the I mentioned repetitive stress injury. There is nothing more repetitive than that. Like no amount of stretching was helping me for that one. <laughs> no, it was it was interesting. You know, I, when I looked through the link and I I kind of you know bopped through things. Uh, it was interesting to see the way that the madness accrued and i, I guess you know i was skimming through it right obviously i'm not going to watch a 27 hour vod i'm sorry but yeah the um so you said you had other people were were the ones that were influencing the overlay right yeah okay because i was wondering about that i was like you're not doing this live i'll do in the jumps are you're like i mean maybe you were even you were stopping to take a break and you know did something but oh, no, yeah, it was no, other it was, people it doing was take- it. It was stopping to take it. Yeah, yeah. It was just other people like giving me those things to do. Okay. I don't remember like specifically what it was. I think it was for like subs or like donations of specific amounts would be like you could add a picture to the stream or like do something to the stream, like make my webcam replace the game area, for example. Um, So just over time, it just (laughs) devolved pretty heavily. And by the end, it was such a horrible mess that it's like, that's that's the thing that actually made it enjoyable. Like, that was the only reason I could get through the whole thing was just like having people there enjoying and like having a good time despite nothing happening, basically. All right, here's here's a fan game question for you then. Uh, if someone, someone for some reason is, is listening to this and they're like, wow, fan games sound like such a, you know, creative space. What would be the fan game that you would recommend to them as like a um, first so, encounter? Yeah, so I mentioned this in my GDQ run because it's like a really good link. There's a, a fan games slash intro. It's fangam dot es slash oh slash uh, beginner, not intro. Mm-hmm. Beginner is like information about them, but or hold on, intro is information about them. Beginner gives you a list of like good beginner fan games so there's like a ton that are on that list i mean i really like i want to wanna as one to recommend early because it's it's really short and it is hilarious and the ways that it screws with the player just like like unrivaled even to this day i think it's like still one of the funniest ones to watch people play um but there's like other ones that are common like octophobia little runner um 
Yeah, there's there's a bunch of good ones for beginners because like a lot of people see fan games and they just assume that they're going to be like too hard for them mm-hmm. because they just like think of Bashi as like this this holy grail of the hardest video game ever made, um, which is actually more like middle of the road, like maybe middle high of the road for for fan games. So it's like there are things way lower than that in difficulty and way higher than that in difficulty. So it's like you can find things at any any level of like a ton of different genres because fan games aren't just like one genre. There's there's traps and needle and avoidance and so many different things that you can play. So like you can if you watch someone do something and it looks interesting, then you'll be able to find something that you'll probably enjoy. Yeah, I, that's one of the things I'm, I'm you know I'm glad I think you kind of took the question and ran with it in terms of saying like <laughs> hey. Hey, this is way more than just I want to be the guy or I want to be the Bashi or any of that. And and way more not just in terms of there literally being uh such a, a volume or quantity, but in terms of, you know, subgenres or yes. uh, you know, uh, levels of difficulty or this or that, you know. Like there's there's more to Super Mario World ROM hacks than just Kaizo, you know, <laughs> like same yeah, you know exactly. So I'm 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 glad you had a chance to plug that. All right, now <laughs> While we're on this subject, actually, so one of the, one of the things I do when I start to uh, wind down the, the formal part of the podcast is I like to get a question from my previous guest for my next guest to sort of add a little connective tissue to the interview series. Um, sure. And the question that I got from uh, Riven, who was my guest last week, yep. was pretty good for this sort of thing. Um, so the question from Riven is, if you could remove one level from one of your speed games uh, and replace it with a level from another speed game, what would you do? Hmm. See, this is problematic because you could probably literally do that with fan games, but... <laughs> you, you actually could, yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. One level. I mean, I can't say there's anything in fan game that I would want to like remove a level. Let's see what's a fan game that I've done a bunch that like I have an issue with a level. Um, this is a hard one. That's a cool question, but that is a hard one. Uh, I mean, because I feel like the 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 thing you would do is you would find the game where you have like. The one level, because I feel like from my perspective as like someone who plays 3D action games, I'd be like, get rid of the auto-scroller and replace it with something else that's actually cool instead of, you know, the forced waiting. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you really have something that would be analogous for you. Yeah, <laughs> burn the auto-scroller is what I would absolutely <laughs> say right away. I was like, get rid of that, put something else in there. Uh, I mean, like, fan game, I don't think there's any part that I really want to get rid of. I want to be the guy. The whole game is just a mess in general, so there's no like specific <laughs> level that's an issue. Um, Micro medley. I think if I took a level from another game, it would just feel like weirdly out of place because it's WarioWare. Uh, there's just like such a variety of the games I play. It's like hard to just. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you want to, if you want to hold it, that look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold you accountable. Maybe Brethren will. I can't, I can't guarantee <laughs> that. But, uh, but if you feel like you're, it, they, the things mesh too well to to mix them up, then, then that's your answer. 
we'll 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 try to come back to that I'll, I'll i'll like keep thinking on that all right well i'll give you i'll give you another hard thing then which is that i will want a question from you for my next guest now i'm not going to tell you right now who that guest is mm-hmm. uh they're a speedrunner right now we only have speedrunner guests on this show um question doesn't have to be about speedrunning can be about anything can be i've had questions about music game stuff generally etc uh but a question that you would give me to present to my next guest um i i actually had like some sort of idea Mm -hmm. i don't know how good of a question it is but i did have an idea um because like like blindfolded speedrunning stuff is like really cool to watch personally so I was wondering if there's like any specific game that they have, mm-hmm. like maybe not their their main speed game or any game that they like play a lot, like some game that they would love to see done blindfolded in particular. Okay, so it doesn't even have to be yeah a game that the runner runs, but just like, wouldn't this be awesome if you could do it blindfolded? Yeah. All right. So as, as is my my usual tradition, I will clue you in on who who will be getting that question uh i don't know if that name isn't familiar uh i will type this in as well uh gotcha and that should be fun i'll be curious to see to see how that how that gets handled um now i know i got hold on i got i got the answer to the question okay all right we got it we got it all right so we're gonna take we're gonna take the level from uh uh I want to try the 114,514 needles and replace it with I want to be the fan game entirely. Oh, there you go. And yeah. that is one level, right? Yeah. That's one level. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Excellent. Mission accomplished. <laughs> now, the so one the, another wind-down question is, and I, I would be curious to hear this from you as well because I imagine being in the fan game community, you are aware you know, maybe of other people working on their games. And so you're going to have maybe a unique answer to this, which is, are there future games uh, that you have your eye on that you are excited to play? Um, like, like future fan games I'm excited for. I mean, you could also just say games generally. I mean, I was just mentioning because you're going to probably have your, your, your thumb on the pulse of fan games, but also, I mean, if you really do want to say that you're excited for, um, I don't even know what video games are coming out, but like you could say whatever. I mean, there's always games that I'm excited for coming mm. out. Um, I mean, like I'm looking forward to the next Hollow Knight, mm. looking for the next Galgun. Um, there's, but like in terms of fan game stuff, there's actually a, a fan game awards happening in about a week Ooh. where there's going to be trailers made for fan games. So mm. a lot of people will be announcing either ones like coming this year or like at some point soon. And I'm, I'm expecting some like, cool new ones to come out like the uh, the thing about fan games is a lot of people don't really like tease them a long okay. ways ahead of time um like sometimes they do but like for the most part that's not really a thing that's done a lot uh but there is there is one fan game that i have like a pretty relatively large part in um because i was a judge for it it's like a collab game mm. um and the the judge crew and the dev team has been working pretty hard to like like balance stages and up the production value overall and just like make it um i don't know just really cool so basically i'm i'm part of that 
And that's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to it is because A, it'll be released. B, I'll be able to see what people think of like the things that have been done with, with the game and like the collab and the stages. So that's, that's, <laughs> I guess that's like the fan game mm-hmm. that I'm looking forward to the most right now. Now, wait, were you, were you able to name that game now or did I, did I miss that or are you not able to name it? Oh, the, the fan game is called uh, not another needle collab two. Okay. So there's there's not another needle collab one which was like many years ago, mm-hmm. um, and now there's the second one which is just people make stages for a collab that's supposed to be not games that are needle, so their stage has to be not needle, okay, ideally, and then you we just like graded them and like arranged them and we have big plans and big ideas for the dev team for like how to incorporate everything together in in nice ways so i'm like really looking forward to seeing how people feel about those cool no that sounds really neat. I, I i feel like i was hoping there would be some story like that and i i, I got it i meant it <laughs> I, I i want it I, I pulled it out um so that's good that's cool no I, I i it's again you know like i i feel like maybe in more mainstream uh if it's right to call it that pc gaming like people are aware of mods people are aware of rom hacks things no, I mean, like it's, that it's fair to call it not mainstream yeah <laughs> would call it mainstream maybe not yeah <laughs> but like certainly to see like the i guess the level of like collaboration and sort of for your creativity i don't know it's just cool to hear about i like hearing about it it's neat um speaking of promoting things in the community another question i would like to ask uh is to give you an opportunity to just promote someone who you feel like should have more eyeballs on what they're doing um, just, just to pick somewhere. It's like, you know what? This, like more people should be watching this person. Yeah. Um, so my, my good buddy, Mr. Naloa, AKA Nalois is what his Twitch name is. N A L O A S. Um, Nal has been F or, or pretty relatively tirelessly, like over the years trying to like work his way towards partnership and he's like gotten close a ton of times. He's also a fan game player. He mm-hmm. speedruns a lot of stuff that's quite difficult and fun to watch. Um he's a a a charming British fella who's quite excitable. And uh he's he's just uh yeah, he's a good friend and uh I've been trying to help his stream grow as well. Like help him with stuff. So Cool. No, that's that sounds that sounds good too, especially for like I know uh, now's name came up in the context of uh, talking about moderation, right? Which certainly is a thankless task mm-hmm. at times. Speedrun.com moderation, yes. So you know to to highlight and reward that labor uh, is always a good idea. Yeah, he uh, and I are the main two SRC mods for for fan games right now. Him how's that how's that is that is do you is do you have a lot of submissions that you have to deal with being a a series moderator or is it mostly delegated um hold on i'll, I'll like oh, log no. in right now and try to like oh, tell no. you how many there are because i'll tell you like it's probably not more than like four okay all right i wasn't sure where this was going <laughs> for a second there i was, was like oh no i mean like that's the problem is like like you mentioned there's mm-hmm. so many fan games all right side note SRC logs me out every single time I go to the site, and it's really frustrating. Just wanted oh. to say that. I don't know if that Wonder happens. Wonder why that is. Else. Um. Okay, yeah, there's zero right now. I don't know if that's because Nal has like approved a whole bunch recently, mm-hmm. 
says last last thing that was like someone beating a record was two days ago and there were a bunch of those so it seems like uh two days ago is the last time there was any submitted and there were like not that many okay so the thing is because there's such a variety and like so many games that they can run it just makes it so it's like it's harder for more people to get into running fan games because it's like where, where do you start so yeah it's it's always going to be like less active than a lot of the others the most active is boshi because you know <laughs> it's right. it's recognizable for sure mm-hmm. well on that note if people are looking for fan game content i imagine they could find fan game content at uh your your links and addresses where should people be finding you so twitch channel is twitch.tv slash walsk it is w-o-l-s-k on twitter it is the same thing but with an underscore at the end um on youtube it is the same thing um so all of those are places you can watch fan games from my stream or like just talk to me and hang out um and uh I mean, there's other stuff in the in the community that's like, like I said, there's the Fan Game Awards coming up in a week, which is recognizing fan games from the past year, which will be fun to watch. Um, so that's at twitch.tv slash fan game marathon. Mm, okay. Which fan game marathon, the reason for that channel is because we also have a, a yearly marathon of fan games for speedrunning, which I am the uh, lead organizer for that. Cool. So... So if you want to watch like a like a around what time of year does that usually take place? July, okay. around July. So if you want to watch some stuff then like that'll be a good time like 3ish days of fan game speedruns from various communities not just I want to be the guy I have to specify that. It's like SM64 ROM hacks and uh mm, okay. and Mario World ROM hacks and uh just stuff from tons of communities so like I mean, if, if anyone has like hacks or fan games that they play, Toho or whatever, mm-hmm. then uh, like by all means, submissions will open at some point in the in the future for it in July. So cool! That's really neat. I, I, that's you know, especially too to to have that you know a little bit of variety, but for those games which have all that creative work going into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, all those links, I, I dumped the links uh, in the chat using the bot, but if you're listening or watching on YouTube uh, after the fact, you'll be able to find the links to all of Wolf's channels uh, you know, in the description, whether that be on YouTube or, or iTunes, Spotify, etc. Uh, Walsk, thank you so much for giving me all this time. Thanks for having me. It was, it was a good time. Now, I, I do need one more thing from you in order to conclude the formal part of the podcast. Uh, sure. I I am going to use a cheesy catchphrase like "Let's boost on out of here," and when I say that, I want you to give me your best rocket engine noise. Okay, okay, folks, thank you so much for listening. Let's boost on out of here. <laughs> Just see you anymore. No, not getting a fourth one. That's out All of here. Right. It was worth. It was worth. It was worth waiting. Uh, no, that was good. Excellent. Um, so at this point, uh, 
we are uh we're if folks in the chat have questions this is the live q a uh lay him lay him down that was that was good i was really i i was really excited to learn and ask questions and i feel like my my desire for learning more about fan games was was sated by by a lot of that when did you make the decision to decorate behind you though i'm really curious what's the so um i actually one of my friends grizzly guy gaming um a another twitch streamer he, we like we talked at some point because neither of us like we feel like a specific kind of person uses a green screen like you know how there's like like streamers will use green screens or like just have a backdrop behind them and it's like a, you have to be like a specific kind of person for each one you know so both of us feel like we're not green screen people mm-hmm so he has like a really cool backdrop with like a, a mural painted by a friend and like like merch and like a, a couch and like weird stuff behind him. Um, and I talked with him once and was like, hey, uh, what's something I could put behind me? And he was like, all right, I have a vision. <laughs> just like like anime posters, like everywhere behind you, just like plastered all over. And like ever since then, I like I had a whole bunch from uh, Anime Expo um, because I bought them for supporting artists and friends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um god remember cons and, <laughs> sorry yeah, <good> <laughs> um and uh it's like just i put it off for so long and uh, i was going to just have it set up for gdq so i would have something other than just like a white corner behind me um and then uh like spike said my interview would be like like the day of my run mm-hmm. pretty much and then um he just messaged me randomly and was like hey instead of doing it the day before you run they said we should do it like tomorrow is that fine and i was like oh oh okay and then i like spent like what was it like i think it was like five six hours or something just <laughs> doing all this behind me like making sure everything was level just because i was like i need to have this done i want to have it done for the gdq run at mm-hmm. least so now I had it done for the interview as well. It was it was a lot of work, but it was like really worth it. Yeah, no, it seems like it, it came together well. Everything everything measured out uh, appropriately, which is which is good. It's useful. Uh, Peking Boo uh, asks a very <laughs> very meaningful question: Are are you proud of how handsome you are? Yeah, it's it's. Are you both? Are you proud? both proud? So you, you have to answer have this to answer too. too. I mean, I feel. I mean, I look. I I just felt like this is a snowstorm it's a cold day i'll wear a flannel shirt you know i gotta i gotta stay warm what can i do and there's it no, it's not like i can go out anymore i'm not going out to dinner anywhere yeah i i yeah i feel i feel all right <laughs> i i i mean i woke up and then i came here i got like two hours of sleep because that's how my sleep schedule works in that mm-hmm. i don't have one um so i mean i'm doing all right <laughs> There you go. Uh, so, Lone Magi, I 100% have stolen your question because uh, you've done this before and I liked it too much. When I asked, uh, what is your favorite speed, run- speed game to watch so you don't run yourself, which I have now incorporated into my script, I think you answered, what was SM64 and Celeste? Well, the funny th- you you didn't specifically ask that I don't run. You just said favorite to watch because Uh-oh. I have technically run both of those. Oh, okay. okay. I must have left that out. That's on me. Okay, yeah, well, so, all right. Well, then we'll try the question again. Like, favorite to watch that you do not run? Hmm. Hmm. 
I mean, I feel like I feel like I just put it to Bashi. Like in terms of, I want to be the guy fan game speedruns. Like Bashi is is like the probably the best or at least one of the best runs to watch because of like the tech and the optimizations. And uh, I can't say that I run Bashi given my past experiences with attempting to run Bashi. I can't call that a run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more like a playthrough that just made me angry. <laughs> no, that's that's very understandable. Uh, just the Fiction asks, uh, can you show us the posters that are off camera, especially the Your Name one? Uh, I, I don't know I, if you can actually move your camera. It's up to not you. Not easily. I mean, okay. I can I can move my camera. It's just gonna suck for like getting it back in the right spot. But here, just <laughs> it's the blue one in the top. Okay. I can't move it any further than no, that. No, that's that's good. That's fine. You're good. You're good. Mission accomplished. Am I, am I like centered again? Did I mess it yeah, up? It's probably not. You're centered. You're centered. It's 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 the after party. We're, we're fine. Don't worry. A little bit. Um. I conkles to the max. I'm gonna. I'm probably getting into trouble here. How is the octagon doing? What does that mean? I don't... <laughs> uh, basically, it's like a a really old joke kind of thing in my in my stream. There's like an old fan game known as I want to be the herp derp. Okay. Um, you know, like the octagon meme with like Jack Black and Elmo. I think so. that sounds. That's probably been a while. That's an. Old, that sounds like an old meme. <laughs> yeah, it's very old. Um. So it's it's like song remixes a lot of the time using Jack Black with Elmo because he was on Sesame Street mm-hmm. talking about octagons. Um, and uh, that specific fan game has a boss that uses that song and like you're fighting Jack Black with like octagons everywhere. And it's like one of the oldest things from my stream of like I couldn't beat the boss because I was terrible at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just like use the power of the octagon and just like put an octagon on my screen like just my stream layout it just sat there <laughs> so i could have the power to beat the boss because now i have the octagon on my side and i i literally just left it there and like incorporated into like every le- layout for the next <laughs> probably like eight years maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> damn I mean, eight years would be appropriate. There'll be as many sides. Um, yeah. All it's right. getting close to that if it's not there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Folks, if you have any more questions, put them in. Uh, one I always ask is, uh, do you have any people that you feel, speedrunners that need to be interviewed on a speedrun interview podcast? Any people you would highlight? Um, I mean, I feel like, I feel like Nal is... The person that I shouted out, he, okay. he's, he's such a good personality. He is very good for an interview and also has run some crazy things. Um, hmm. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else like immediately for, for people who speedrun actively that mm. I I know well. I mean, you've already done Peking Boo, who would also be my like other go-to person. That was a fun interview. There's so much, so much tech going on with Peking Boo. I'm still, still like thinking about the Wii U game pad wrapped in foil, which is an image that will never, never leave me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matt. Okay, so you know, part like I like to do a lot of mech games, like Armored Core and stuff like that. And Magi is asking, do you have any favorite experiences dealing with mechs? Could be anything, you know, Zone of the Enders, Mech Warrior, any of that kind of stuff. 
The funniest thing about that was the way that I read that question. When I saw favorite mech experience, my immediate <laughs> immediately my brain went to mechanical keyboards. Oh, because, oh. Of, <laughs> because of like my how much I like use them and like talk about mechanical keyboards. Mm-hmm. Um, but favorite mech experience, I was never like super into like a lot of a lot of like mech stuff, but. Uh, I, as a kid, had, like, specific Gundam things. They're, like, mini Gundams Mm -hmm. that, like, I don't even remember specifically what they're called. I mean, there's so many different Gundam ones at this point. Like, the the super deformed ones? The SD Gundams, or? Uh, No idea at this point. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. There's too much to keep track of. I'm pretty sure they had, like, little dudes inside of them, though, that you could, like, put in. Um. But I, yeah, I like collected a bunch of those. So I had, I had some of those scattered around. I would say the other thing that I would put as like a favorite mech experience is uh, when I went to Japan, they have like the world's biggest Gundam, mm. like life-sized. So it's just cool to stand there and just see it. It's crazy. Well, now you now you baited in the the question. Someone else has asked, "What is your favorite mechanical keyboard experience?" I'm going to have to follow up there, I guess. <laughs> uh, favorite mechanical keyboard experience? Okay, well, this is this is a more funny one. Um, my first mechanical keyboard was uh, a refurbished Razer Black Widow Ultimate 2013. Um, blue switch keyboard Mm -hmm. so i bought it refurbished because obviously it's cheaper and i was like i'm fine with refurbished things Uh, (laughs) i took it out of the box i pressed in the space like i was testing all the keys i pressed in the space bar it just made a loud like chunk sound and it stayed there and then never came back up and i couldn't (laughs) like pull it out like it was just like locked in (laughs) i i i returned that one yeah yeah no that's the (laughs) That makes me think of like the old like emote typing meme where it'd be like something something no space you know like now you have no space bar that's it it's yeah, over. Oh, no uh, well, okay. I I think when I when I stopped in this week, the saga of this week, as far as I could put it together, was you were you were editing a game a fan game called I Want to Be the the Destination. Yes, and. But like the way you kept talking about it, it was it was like you were doing this edit, really just as kind of a preferred modification for yourself. Just the yeah. fiction in chat has asked, what gave you the push to finally make Destination HD? Yeah. So the thing about that is, um, it's there's there's a maker, a classic fan game maker known as Carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made like a ton of really really influential old fan games that at this point tons of people love and know. Um, so I was working on, on, uh, like I, I always liked his design style, but he has this habit of (laughs) very saturated colors. He has a game called, I want to be the crimson where the entire stage is like, like RGB, like two (laughs) fifty five zero zero. So like it is the brightest red ever. And like, I have, I have pretty sensitive eyes. So like I it like it actually hurts to play those like I had to use a blue light filter on my or not a blue light filter um Windows 10 color filter mm-hmm. to like like adjust the the values of everything or have someone make a mod that like desaturates things 
So I always wanted to play Destination, uh, but the final boss, um, it's a it's a pretty well known final boss in like other games because of the the like the way it's designed is pretty cool. Um, but the way it works is it has like four different colored attacks and it'll randomly switch between them, and it's like bright red, <laughs> dark blue, bright yellow, well brightish yellow, and uh, like dark purple. So it just like switches immediately from one to the other. Mm. And I fought that boss in another game, which it's like significantly shorter in that game. And it like, it basically made my vision blurry for like a week after playing it. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. So like it, it's not good on the eyes, especially for someone who has sensitive eyes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I always wanted to like try to mod it. Um, and it, in in july july of 2019 mm-hmm. uh, one of my friends made like a mod of destination just to like remove restarting music because a lot of fan games have music that resets when you press r like reset yeah um so my one of my friends removed that and i uh i joined in because i like always wanted to make something and until less than a week ago um i hadn't done anything with it even though i intended on it because i want to play it at some point uh but one of my one of my friends flavia who's more recently gotten into streaming fan games he was just like he wanted to play destination but he didn't think he had the restarting music version Mm -hmm. and i knew that i had it so i opened up like the game maker file so i could i could like uh compile it for him and send him the file only for him to discover that a, he already had that version, and B, I was like, well, now that it's open. <laughs> yeah, now that I'm here. <laughs> like, I've been putting this off for a year and a half. <laughs> May as well just, like, do something. And um, because of the way that my mind works, uh, and instead of eating dinner um, at a normal time, I opted to just work on that for, like, several hours. And that was, like, when that was off stream, and then, like, the next day I was like, you know, I'll stream it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do the follow-up to that, which is, speaking of Carnival, who would you consider the most influential fan game maker? Most influential? Uh, Necron. Necron is the maker of... Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how much of like fan game stuff you've seen at all. But Not there's, too much. Like, no, you... <laughs> <coughs> so there's like a classic layout of... There's like a Miku sprite over mm-hmm. on the right, like Hatsune Miku. And then there's nine platforms over on the left. So it's like five on the left and then like four in the middle. And that exact layout and like the fact that she shoots cherries like out of her mouth at you was in a fan game known as I Want to Be the Love Trap from like 2010, 2011. And that was like hugely influential in the mm-hmm. Japanese community. And ah. the, the game had like a whole bunch of other stuff in it, like moving cherry cycles that are weird and and just like really precise stuff for the time. And it was, like, so, so influential in the community, like, huge in the Eastern community, and then eventually became, like, more of a thing in the Western community as, like, became more and more common. Um, And Necron made that along with some other, like, really classic ones that even to this day are still, like, like really hard, Mm -hmm. like, impressively hard. And they were making, like, really hard, precise things before people were even, like, (laughs) like, before people even really feel like that stuff should be possible Mm -hmm. and it is which is like insane 
so yeah he he did a lot of stuff cool no that's 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 neat too like i almost wonder like how 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 easy or hard do you think it would be to to like write a history of fan games you know like just because of how diverse and how much there is would it would it sort itself neatly at all like if you you know if someone said like i'm gonna give you a huge advance to write a book on fan game history is that even feasible or well thankfully there's there's one person in the community kiyoshi who Mm -hmm. like just this past year made um uh a timeline of fan games oh okay so they went through and like tried to pinpoint specific dates in time or like relative dates in time where where important things happen like love trap releasing or like x game releasing or like fan game marathon first year happening whatever and just like has a long list of that stuff so if you wanted to write a book now at the very least you could like try to follow that timeline it's a great starting point at 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 the very least yeah yeah at the very least but god there's so much to say and so many things are like like a lot of things are just like gone with history at this point yeah yeah so no, that's 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 neat. Um, I'm not sure about Magi's question here. Is is wing wing of V or is that wing of six? Do you know, do you recognize what Magi is referring to here? Wings of V. It's uh, it was the game Solgren made. Like it was basically okay. the next game after Bashi that, ah, that people knew. See, that shows you how much I know. <laughs> it was his first like Steam release game. Mm-hmm. And to answer the question, Wings of V as it is is not a fan game, but Wings of V initially basically was so an old version of wings of v v was a lot smaller and had like a double jump and it played very similarly to a fan game and it was only like like later on in development that he decided it should be like much larger um like more combat focused Mm -hmm. and like have like fluttering and jumping so wings of v as it is now is not a fan game but initially yeah it it was like it very much had all the uh, aspects of a fan game all right. Well, I think that might be might be about it to wrap up. Then it seems like we don't have any more questions. So, uh, in that case, I'm probably going to start uh, searching for a a raid target. Uh, did you have anyone? If you want to suggest a raid target, I would be happy to to take Let's that take from you. Let's see. Oh, Froob would be another good person to get an interview for. Oh, Froob? I actually <laughs> checks on you. I already interviewed Froob. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering about that. I thought like maybe you might have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. I, I I had known of Froob for for years because at ESA twenty seventeen, like his run was before mine. And so I was like I watched yeah, I watched his run live at ESA and then um and then like I'm very good friends with Tapioca, uh, who also runs the Yakuza series, and so I was like, Oh, Froob's running Yakuza and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So we can raid Froob if you want. I have no problem with that. <laughs> oh, ooh, okay. Hold on. There's um, there's someone I found from from Pekingboo again, uh, Mister CZR Drums. He would be a cool raid target. All right, you want to put the link in the into chat so I can make sure I get that right. He is speedrunning Super Mario sixty four with a drum set. Ooh, all right, excellent. All right. Well, let me let me uh, initiate that. Uh, just really quickly, I said, "What are the best switches?" Uh, I use I use like proprietary switches for my keyboard that are like similar to Reds, but I mean, it's it's all down to preference. It's so much down to preference. 
I every single time I get a new keyboard, I get different switches just to try out more things. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Preference is probably the way to go. Well, anyway, I'm gonna let uh, you go. Thank you so much again for giving me all this time. Hopefully, I'll see you around in the future, maybe in person at GDQ, God willing, or at least very much sure. around on the internet someday. Yeah, someday, right? All yeah, right. thanks for having me. It was a good time. Excellent. Take care.